escape. Where can I go? If I were to ascend into heaven, you would be there. If I were to sprawl out in Sheol, there you would be. If I were to fly away on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the other side of the sea, even there your hand would guide me. Your right hand would grab hold of me. If I were to say, certainly the darkness will cover me and the light will turn to night all around me. Even the darkness is not too dark for you to see. And the night is as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Certainly you've made my mind and my heart. You wove us together in our mother's womb. I'll give you thanks because your deeds are awesome and amazing. You knew me thoroughly. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And so together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was inside the womb. All the days ordained for me were recorded in your scroll. And before one of them came into existence, how difficult it is for me to fathom your thoughts about me, O oh God, and how vast is their sum total. If I tried to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. Even if I finished counting them, I would still have to contend with you. If only you would kill the wicked, O oh God, get away from me, you violent men. They rebel against you and act deceitfully, your enemies lie. O oh Lord, do not... Do I not hate those who hate you and despise those who oppose you? I absolutely hate them. They've become my enemies. Examine me and probe my thoughts and test me and know my concerns. See if there is any idolatrous tendency in me and lead me in a reliable ancient path. Amen. Clap of praise 
You are victorious in every field. Oh, Holy Spirit, take control. We release our hands off the module. Oh, Holy Spirit, take control. Mm, have your way, have your way, have your way. Oh, Holy Spirit, take control. Father, Son, be glorified here. Oh, and off my tongue, a song of praise, my Redeemer lives. I surrender all. Oh, I surrender all. Oh, I surrender all. Oh, I surrender all. Holy Spirit, take control. Cultivate my heart and soul. Have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. And you're living in us, flowing through us now. And you're living in us, flowing through us now. We surrender, we surrender now, we surrender, we surrender now, and our hearts are open, come and flow. In your presence, every moment will be found. Have 
every moment we will be found Mm-hmm. 
bow down and I bow down king of all Just a puddle Oh, so wrong to use them To try and measure your love for us Oh, it's unfathomable There's no bottom Oh, I've 
chains I am free from sin I am free from death Where the cross begins There my striving ends All my righteousness All my pride and strength Only filthy rags And only heavy chains I am free from sin And I am free from death Where the cross begins There my striving ends Taking up the truth Laying down my way your word and I receive your grace I'm covered by the blood and I'm justified by faith and I will sing your praise
She gave for free And I turned my inheritance into A treasure I could not afford My worthless badge of righteousness Filthy rags I'm throwing off treasure I could not afford and 
My righteousness, a worthless badge of filthy rags I'm throwing off. And here is how I ascend, and I will worship, and I will praise, and I will. And I will worship, and I will praise, and love has called me by name. And your perfect work, and your perfect way, Father, thank you for your grace.
Daniel 9:15. Now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with great power and made a name for yourself, that is remembered to this day, we have sinned and behaved wickedly. O Lord, according to all your justice, please turn your raging anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For due to our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors, Jerusalem and your people are mocked by all our neighbors. So now, our God, accept the prayer and request of your servant and show favor to your devastated sanctuary for your own sake. Listen attentively, my God, and hear. Open your eyes and look on our desolated ruins and the city called by your name. For it is not because of our righteous deeds that we're praying to you, but because your compassion is abundant. Oh Lord, we pray that you hear us. Oh Lord, we pray for forgiveness. Oh Lord, we ask you to pay attention and act. We ask you not to delay for your own sake. Oh my God, I pray for my city. We pray for your city, we pray for your people. We pray for people that are called by your name. Lord, we pray for this nation. ask you to forgive us, forgive the sins of our people, forgive the sins of this land, Lord. While Daniel was still speaking and praying, confessing his sin and the sin of his people, Israel, and presenting his request before the Lord, our God concerning his holy mountain, Yes, while he says while he was still praying, the man Gabriel, whom he had not seen previously in a vision, was approaching him. Even though he was in a state of extreme weariness, around the time of the evening offering, and he spoke with me, instructing me as follows. Daniel, I have now come to impart understanding to you. At the beginning of your request, some messages went out and have come to convey it to you, for you have found favor in the sight of the Lord. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision. Seventy weeks have been determined concerning your people and your holy city to put an end to rebellion, to bring sin to completion, to atone for iniquity, to bring in perpetual righteousness, to seal up the prophetic vision and to anoint the most holy place and person. So know and understand from the issuing of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until anointed one, a prince, arrives. There'll be a period of seven weeks and 62 weeks, but it again will be built with a plaza and a moat, but it'll happen in times of great distress. After 62 weeks, an anointed one will be cut off and have nothing. And as for the city and the sanctuary, the people 
of the coming prince will destroy them. But this end will come speedily like a flood. Until the end of the war that has been decreed, there will be destruction. You'll confirm a covenant and many for many with one week for one week. But in the middle of that week, you'll bring sacrifice and offering to a hog. On the wings of abominations to come, one who destroys until the decreed end is poured out on the one who destroys. And the Lord was saying to me to pray. Pray for pardon, pray for restoration concerning your nation. And ask me to forgive. Ask me to forgive the sins of your nation. Lord, we do, we ask you, like Daniel did, or his generation of old, we enter into Jesus. We come before you, we plead your blood over this nation. We ask you that you would raise up a restoration, Lord, all over this land. Raise up a people, a people that would be loyal to you, a people that would be faithful to you. Raise up a generation, Lord. A generation born out of Zion. generation taking out a generation brought up Jesus we plead your blood over the sins of this nation the sins of us Lord as your people we ask you, Lord, that holiness would prevail, righteousness would flow. Lord, move across this land.
This is the sound of a thousand bells. Hear me, nations. Hear Israel. My song is the water of the purest well. Hear me, heaven. Hear me, hell. My dance carries thunder from the throne of Yah. Look at me and know he is God. My voice is the sound of a thousand bells. Hear me, nations, hear Israel. My song is the water of the purest well. Hear me, heaven, and fear me, hell. My dance carries thunder from the throne of Yah. Look at me and know he is God. Rise, oh God. Let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Now praise is rise. And let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Now praise is rise, oh God. Let our praise like a weapon in your hand, oh, our praises rise. My hands hold the cure for every disease. They're covered in blood and oil and leaves. My laughter and tears create things unseen. The atmosphere changes and God is released. My worship is armed with spirit and truth. Sacred and accepted, pleasing to you. And our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise, oh God. in your hand and our praises rise oh let your judgment come oh God let your righteousness flow oh and let our praise rise more of you
does not back down because of fear. Let us not back down. Make us arrows in the quiver of your Send us out with your words and your anointing. Hear my name. The more he stands, the more judgment and love comes down and flows through his gates. Oh, let our praises rise. Like weapons, like weapons, like weapons, like weapons. Teach my hands to war, teach my heart to war, to war in the worship and praise of the king warrior and teach my mouth to war not to fight against the lord teach my heart to speak in faith and belief teach my mind to war teach my eyes to war teach my arms to war with praise oh teach my mouth to war not agree with everything else that stands in disagreement with you oh you are full of life and in your judgment is everlasting kindness everlasting love oh the judgment of god oh teach me to war not just swing an axe but let my praise ascend be like weapons in your hand oh let our praises rise like weapons and fall down among the heavens. Oh, for the spirits of this world and the darkness of this world fall, 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 fall. Jonah 2, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. But you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I've been cast out of your sight. And Jonah says this, yet I will look again, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. Even if the waters surrounded me in my soul, the deep closed around me, weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you brought me and my life up from the pit, O oh Lord, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. 
when my soul fainted within me, I remembered you, Lord. Even though pressures may come from every side, even though affliction may come from every angle, I remember you, Lord. I'm setting my gaze on you, Lord. I know that you regard worthless idols. Forsake their own mercy.
pressing in to you. Oh, and I'm pressing in to you more. Though my, my, though my soul may faint, though my body may fail, I'm pressing in to you because I've got my eyes fixed on you. I've got my eyes fixed on you and watching what you will do. Oh, I'm a witness, I'm a witness, I'm a witness, I'm a witness. I got my eyes witnessing all that you will do. Oh, I'm a witness, I'm a witness. Not what I can do, but how I can watch what you do when you do what you do. I'm a witness, come and witness, and come and witness. Pressing, pressing. Oh, let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise like a weapon pressing. Blaze in your eyes is blinding me to everything else but you. And the blaze in your gaze is burning through me. I want nothing more than you. Whom in heaven have I but you? Whom in heaven have I but you? Whom in heaven have I but you? What good is all these things that you created unless I have you? Pressing, pressing, pressing through the outer darkness. Pressing, pressing through the weirdness. Pressing, pressing through repentance, pressing, pressing through gratefulness, pressing, pressing by faith, pressing, pressing through, pressing, press on through, press on through, oh, press on through, press on through. Press on through. It doesn't matter yesterday, the day before, the day before that even. Press on through because his love and faith and mercy, his faithfulness will always carry through. Oh, we are just here to witness. We are here to witness the greatness, the greatness, the greatness of Jehovah, Lord of hosts, commander of angel armies. We're just here to witness. We're just here to witness. Oh, I've got my eyes on the prize. I'm looking at you, Jesus, Jesus.
Jesus, I've got my eyes on the prize. I'm looking at you, Jesus. That's why signs and wonders follow. They're not from in front, but behind. My eyes are fixed. My eyes are fixed. My eyes are fixed. Whom have I in heaven but you? Whom have I in heaven but you? Oh! Press on in the deep. Press on in the deep. Press on in the deep. In the deep. Let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. a sharpshooter history is full when people didn't let you do what you said you would always do I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you Jesus the blaze in your gaze is burning through Fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you, Jesus. The blaze in your gaze is driving me onward, and I'm following your eyes. I'm following your eyes to and fro, to and fro over the whole earth. I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you, Jesus. I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you And I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you Jesus I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you Father Comforter Lord of hosts Brother Friend, judge, king, savior, redeemer, one and only, the source of all. And I fix my eyes on the prize. I'm not looking what I can get. From you, Jesus, but only to bless you, to bless you. Oh, I fix my eyes on the prize, I'm looking at you, Jesus. Oh, let the world see what you can do. Oh, I fix my eyes on the prize, I'm looking at you, Jesus. Whom I have I in heaven but you?
Micah 7, 7. But I will keep watching for the Lord. I will wait for the God who delivers me. My God will hear my lament. My enemies do not gloat over me. Though I've fallen, I will get up. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. I must endure the Lord's anger, for I've sinned against him. But then he will defend my cause and accomplish justice on my behalf. He will lead me out into the light. I will experience his deliverance. When my enemies see this, they'll be covered with shame. They say to me, where is the Lord your God? I will gloat over them. Then they'll be trampled down like mud in the streets. For this is the day of the rebuilding of your walls. This is the day, this day, this day, this day, right now, the rebuilding of the walls. This day, right now, where your boundary, Lord, will be extended. In that day, people will come to you from Assyria as far as Egypt, Egypt as far as the Euphrates rivers, and from the seacoast and the mountains. The earth will become desolate because of what the inhabitants have done. Shepherd your people with your shepherd's rod, the flock that belongs to you. The one who lives alone in the thicket, in the midst of the pasture land, and bring them to graze in Bashan and Gilead, as they did in the old days, as in the days when you departed from the land of Egypt. I will show you miraculous deeds. Nations will see this and be disappointed by all their strength. They put their hands over their mouths they'll act as if they're deaf and they'll lick the dust like a snake like serpents crawling on the ground they'll come trembling from their strongholds to the Lord our God they'll be terrified of you for there is no no other God tell him there is no other God like you There is no other God like you. You forgive sin. You pardon the rebellion of those who remain among your people. Lord, we ask you don't remain angry forever, but delight in showing your hesed, your loyal love. You will once again have mercy on us. You will conquer our evil deeds. You will hurl our sins into the depths of the seas. You will be loyal to Jacob and extend your loyal love to Abraham, which you promised on oath to our ancestors in ancient times. 
who is like my God, my enemies, they consume themselves, who is like my King, and He rules with compassion and love, who is like my warrior, He who ransoms me. It's only a little while that I sit in darkness. Rejoice not against me, O oh enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. The Lord is my life.
Rejoice not against me, O oh enemy. Yes, this body. Cause what's sown a natural body, terrestrial body will be raised. Will be raised. Don't rejoice. You may have had me at a moment, but he has me in eternity. Oh, rejoice not against me. Oh, angels rejoice with me. He lives and he's raising, he's raising the celestial. What's on a natural body will be raised celestial. But more than that, I will be able to behold him. place your hands out like this if you want for divine impartation for divine integration some of you don't feel tingling in your hands Break out, Lord. Lord is love. 
you're my salvation. Be it unto your word, 
be it unto your word, it's all your choice. Transfiguration is upon us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. Oh, we're so grateful to you, Lord. Magnify you. Righteous one, without limit, full of expression, full of life. You're good. You truly are good. And your mercy, it endures for every generation. Ah.
When they said in Psalms 136, what you just saying, and it says, and he gave their land as an inheritance, <laughs> for his loyal love endures, as an inheritance to Israel, his servant, and for his loyal love endures, to the one who remembered us when we were down, for his loyal love endures. And snatch us away from our enemies. For his loyal love endures. To the one who gives food to all living things. For his love. His loyal love endures. Give thanks to the God of heaven. For his loyal love endures. just a bunch of love magnets <laughs> magnet magnet <laughs> aren't we we're just a bunch of love 
just lovers that love to be loved. Like Melinda Scroggs said one time, she said, I love to be loved. We do, don't we? We feel so good to be loved, to be longed for, to be desired. That's how he feels about us. Oh, beautiful Lord, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Some time ago, I was sitting on the edge of a, a bench at the gym, and the Lord said, these, said this to me, I didn't create you to be Q. If you were Q, then Q would be you. And because you, can't, you know you can't be Q, then Q can't be you. What do all you think, all yous think about that? <laughs> and I said, Lord, what's a Q? And he said, Q's not you. What's a Q? He said, a Q's a what? And a U's a who? And I was like, oh, that must be like the Horton Here's a Who. Y'all ever seen that? Horton Here's a Who? We saw that because the kids when they were growing up, it's Horton Here's a Who and hear it playing on the... Anyways, again, I didn't create you to be Q. If you were a Q, then Q would be you. And because you know that you can't be Q, you can't be Q, then Q can't be you. Because you're not a what, you're a who. Now, where am I going with this? I have no idea. Because I'm just trying to be me. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to me, me, Bill. Me being you. <clears throat> Anyways, oh, I'm here with you. <laughs> I forgot where I was in that helmet. I got to tell you, you know, I got I to gotta tell you, thank you for putting up with my helmet thing. Some of you that are new that don't know, and, I, and uh, a couple of my friends, friends here they said are you going to give a context and I said well Kara's like my wife she's just like you don't need to give a context just just bring it you know if you're if it's truly about true anonymity of self then don't tell anybody why and I said oh you're so brutal honey you just crave full anonymity with no explanation it's almost sounds like when the word in John 6 says eat my flesh and drink my blood with no commentary and everybody's like, what the? And it says some disciples left, you know, and said his other guys were like, these words that you're speaking, they're very hard. Can you not explain yourself? Or, you know, when the Lord gets out his whip at the money changer's table and goes around whipping everybody with his belt. With no commentary. I mean, he could have at least went up to him and said, hey, guys, what you're doing here, you're like perverting the way you're creating distance between me and my father, and the father doesn't like that, and uh, we want to cut out this thing of thievery in my house, and, um, you know, why don't y'all, you know, why don't y'all quit doing that? Just clean this mess up and give people a path right to the father. I mean, stop frustrating with your religious system a path to him. And um, no, he doesn't do that. Just gets the whip out. <laughs> you know, and Jesus will come up with these odd things and not always give us a context. And I think that this is real poignant as I, I begin today that, and Jesus will say this, an adulterous generation uh, seeks a sign, but you'll be given nothing except the sign of Jonah. Because they were, 
they were saying to him, show us a sign and we'll believe what you're coming off with. In another place, we'll hear in the word, it'll say something to this effect. Signs and wonders follow those who what? Believe. And I expect that maybe you, like myself, and when we're going through things, start out with this kind of mindset that if you'll show me up front how this is supposed to come off, then I'll step into it. You know, the Lord calls us sometimes to some really oddball, off-the-wall things. And, I mean, the Scriptures are rife with it, you know. And the, the mechanism in which the Lord may move on us and move through our you with these cues of these what's that are around us, uh, the way that he may move on us, I would say this probably not going to be characterized by the way that it was exactly done in Scripture, i.e., has any of you had an axe head float yet? Have you done that one? You guys know this story about the axe head that floats after Elisha comes across, right? Has any of you been told by the Lord to go dunk in the uh, Jordan River seven times so that your sickness could be restored? Uh, the point that I'm getting at is the Lord is speaking to us today not apart from his word, but through his word, but is working through, let's say, cues or what's that. It... Hey, how you doing, Rob? Good, okay. You know what, I, have to, I look at Rob because if I can just stream connect to him, I just feel so good inside. I just feel happy. <laughs> Feeling good, Rob. Um, that may be strange to some of y'all, but one Sunday, the Lord told me, he says, lock into Melinda Scroggs' mind. And that, again, that may seem strange, but and let your vernacular come out the way that her mind thinks. And I said, okay. And so I'm doing my sermon and things and saying what the Lord wants to say. She comes up at the end of the event and she says to me, I understood everything you said. <laughs> And I had heard through the grapevine that she is, doesn't understand anything that I'm saying. <laughs> you know, but uh, that Sunday she understood everything. Uh, Cindy, Dylan, uh, you want me to lock in on you? Okay. All right, I'm going to lock in on Cindy. <laughs> I'm feeling like dancey, like, yeah, that's your thing, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> I'm no. I'll unlock. <laughs> I'm going back to the you that is me. <laughs> I like you. I like you. Where was I at? Uh, anyways, we get into the Lord begin to speak to us, and we think that we're looking for some kind of precedent, some kind of experience, uh, some kind of thing in retrospect that would give us a framing for the future, and yet we find out that we don't have a precedent for what he calls us into. We, we don't have a framework when they crossed the Jordan, Joshua said this to them. He said, you've not been this way heretofore. You don't know what's there. And so we're in interacting with an uncreated God who is highly dynamic, who has all kinds of things up his sleeve and is wanting to move on people who are, are, are willing, have a willingness to come out of their structural box and out of their own thinking mode and say, I want this aliveness, this dynamic going on with my relationship with you, I'm ready to 
move out with you whatever way it looks. And um, that's kind of what happened with me with, with the helmet. I, uh, a couple years ago, and I told this story last week, I'll set a short context on this, but it's right at like 9-11, and Apollyon comes to my house and tries to pull my life force out. And, um, oh, I'm sure y'all don't believe that. I wouldn't either, just so you know. But when I was asking the Lord later that week, I said, are you really saying that Apollyon, which is in Revelation 9-11, came by to pull my life force out? And a car pulls in front of me and on the tag here in Asheville, it says Apollyon. I mean, one of those, you know, I was like, who in the world puts Apollyon on their North Carolina State tag? What kind of person does something like that? Don't they know who this guy is? He's like Lucifer's brother. And But the Lord was saying, I want to make a juxtaposition here with you because I'm going to raise up uh, the house of David. I'm going to raise up a heart, a, a people's heart that are completely loyal to me. And, um, and he'll say things like this to me. He says, is your heart Davidic or is it divided? Because I'm raising up a people that have a loyalty towards me and love me. And I'm, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to purify your hearts, and I'm going to give you my, my covenant, my law, and I'm going to put it on your heart, and you're going to be completely raptured with me. I'm going to do this for you because all you have to do is just is, uh, let me. And, it, and he's making this juxtaposition with me of Amos 9-11, Revelation 9-11, in the end of the age because he said this darkness out of the abyss is going to re- be released with an end-time generation and then, but also in the middle of that, I'm going to raise up a house. I'm going to raise up a people, a remnant uh, to myself. And they'll love me, and I love them, and they're my people. And I, and I said, oh, that's beautiful, Lord. And so Monday, uh, Kara and I went to Fletcher Park because the Lord had told me, you're playing games with me. And I said, no, I'm your guy. I'm like, really, your guy. I'm, I'm one of your guys. I mean, but I'm like one of those like real intense guys. Like, I'm definitely, like, into you. Why are you telling me that I'm playing games with you? He said, because you are. I mean, you're playing games. You don't spend enough time with me. And he's like, I want you to spend more time with me. I said, how much time are we talking about here? All day. I'm looking for this full union thing. What? I don't understand. No, I'm wanting complete, um, in the Hebrew, it's called dabakut. I want this complete unionized life where my nature is completely entwined with your, your so much so that I'm living my life in you and you're living your life in me and we're completely linked up. And I want that forever. So, but I need some intentionality on your part because you don't know how to really walk with this new guy. The new guy, the new creation guy, the celestial guy in your terrestrial body. You don't know how to integrate my you with you. So I need you to come spend more protracted time so we can get in this full integration because I'm interested in transfiguring you. So I I go on this walk. I'm taking in sort of like a vision, and I see uh, Moses' staff. And I had been going through Psalms 119, like the whole thing. And if you know Psalms 119, you know that it has the 22 Hebrew letters for every eight verses. It seems highly repetitive, but let me share with you. I spent, I don't know, two or three years in it. As the Lord took me through every verse, it is brilliant, and it's beautiful. And it's, it's not laborious if you take time with it. But in every eight verses, there's a letter, the, you know, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, Vav, 
Zion, you know, the 22 letters of Hebrew. And I had got up to the uh, Lamed. And you know the shape of the Lamed? Anybody in here? Lamids? There, we got a Lamed there. Any other Lamids? Thank you, Janie. It's a staff, and, but its shape is kind of like this. I'm going to draw it for you. It's boom, 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 like that. So I'm sure you got that, didn't you? And like this. And that's a Lamed. And I was in the Lamed section of Psalms 119 in my walk. And I'm sort of taking this vision, and the Lord says, you see the Lamed of Moses? I said, oh, it's a Lamed. It's a, it's a staff. And he shows me the Lamed, and he says, watch the Lamed. And Moses goes, it picks it up, and it, it goes straight. And Moses throws it down, the Lamed goes into this thing. I said, oh, that's a fascinating kind of thing with language and a staff and turning into a snake. And that was just it's kind of odd. And then he shows me me, and I got this helmet on. And he says, your Lamed is as unto, his staff is as unto your helmet. And I said, staff, helmet, staff, helmet, staff, helmet. That's completely two different things. He says, but I want you to understand that I'm going to use this helmet like Moses used a staff uh, for an end-time move. And I said, you know what? I am not doing that. (laughs) And I said, I am not wearing a helmet. I mean... And so I get, I get to the car, and Kara's there, and, and I, I said, shh, you're not going to believe what the Lord is showing me. He b- m- wants me to wear a helmet, and she's bust out laughing on me. It's like in front of everybody, yeah, he, yeah, he wants me to wear it, put on a helmet. Oh, man, and she said, don't you ever do that. I, and thankfully, she's not here today. <laughs> <laughs> She knows she's having to warm up to it, you know, because I've been telling her for almost two years, I was like, I don't want to go back to Apollyon, and I don't want to die, and I thought, that was during COVID, and I thought, if this is what people are experiencing, having their life forces jerked out of them, no wonder everybody's in full panic and trying to get a thing. I was rolling around on the ground, and, you know, and um, it doesn't feel good. I didn't even know we had a life force. I I didn't even know anything about that, but there's something inside of us, if you pull it out, you'll stop breathing. <laughs> it, I didn't, I don't, do y'all know about that? You know about it. Anybody else? You knew that you had an life force? I didn't even know. And then I found out. It's the oddest thing because it's not like you, it's not like mm, pulmonary or respiratory system breaking down. It's strange. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm be okay. So I was like, I'm not wearing a helmet. I don't want to wear a helmet like in a ministry setting, that is so awkward, you know, and, um, and goggles, and the words like, it's what you're going to do, and um, so it's taken up to now. <laughs> this week, though, I was, I got pretty excited from last week, because we were like, had a really good time here, and then I uh, said, uh, I was at the gym, and I was sitting there, and I was like, I'm ordering that thing, I'm ordering it, I'm doing it. And I'm not telling Kara, but I'm ordering this thing. And, uh, and so I was asking the word, I said, what color should the goggles be? And he's like, I want you to see these silver goggles. And I was like, I'm going to get silver. And right when I said that, Tom Gross writes me, is it okay if I mention what you, oh, thank you. 
because he wrote, he wrote me privately, but he says, um, writes me this text right when I asked the Lord about the silver. I mean, it's going in the cart and everything. And um, he says last week that you turn silver. The Lord tells him he's silver. And you said to the Lord, why not gold, right? And it sort of bothered you, you said. After you were called silver, you started floating in the air? That's fourth mentioning. <laughs> that, it's making me feel better. And, and, and you said, I believe, if I understood the text right, that the Trinity began to reveal themselves to you, right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit began revealing. Now, what you didn't know was I had been, I have for like two weeks been preparing for today, and, and the Lord uh, keeps taking me over the last couple of weeks to the beatific vision. Now, how many are familiar with that? But just the beholding of the Lord, just the beholding in, of his face and looking upon him and gazing upon him. And maybe I'll do this. And I was like, I'm going to tell my story on the Trinity. And I, I had prepared last week to do that. But you experienced it in real time and space. And I'm thinking, I need to tell this story. I'm saying this because when I moved to make the thing that I've been sort of like, I don't want to do this. When I went to move out on it, the Lord instantly confirms you're on the right track. Not too long after that, Peter Lineker um, texts this whole thing uh, out of Ephesians 6 and about the full armor. Now, if you've not been with us, you, you wouldn't know this, but we're in a, we've been in, I don't like to call them series. What can we call it? Faces? Phases. We've been in a, phase of something called Starfighter Dan, or the way the Holy Spirit said it was Starfighter Dan, <laughs> which I like way better than Starfighter Dan. When he said, you're going to start it, he said, Starfighter Dan. And I said, I'm in, I'm in. Whatever it is, uh, if it's Starfighter Dan, I'm coming. I'm Freddy. Let's do it. <laughs> I want to be Starfighter Dan. And then, um, and then Kara said, I'm Starfighter friend. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not losing track here, I don't think. But, but what was I on my track on? Anyways, Starfighter Dan and um, the silver goggles and, and the Trinity. Come on, guys, help me out here. Armor of God, Peter Lineker, Peter Lineker, Peter, Peter, Peter Kerr, Peter Lineker. Our kids call him Peter Kerr Lineker. <laughs> Sorry, Pete, but we, they do that. It's, we love you, but he's called the Lineker, or the Lord called him the Lineker. He doesn't actually have a middle name, so now his new middle name is the. <laughs> but anyways, Pete has this uncanny ability to frame things and you'll catch it like two months later, but it'll be so profound and so terse, it's like poetry, and you'll be like, what? Who knew? And so Pete sent something this week, and he said during Starfighter Dan that the Lord's been giving him the Ephesians 6 armor of God. And I said, oh, that, oh, wow. 
Because uh, if you haven't been with us, we started out when Star Child was born back, was that, August 5th. After a nine-month period from November 5th to August 5th, Star Child was born. And as soon as Star Child was born, the word's like, you're going to start this thing called Starcaster Blaster. And so we did a seven-part on Starcaster Blaster. It's really amazing. Then we got into Star Cluster Imperium. I said, what is that? He said, I'm, I'm putting back in the hands of my people the ability to guard and to cultivate like I gave in the garden. I said, oh, that's so cool. And then we got into Starfield Astrocyte. And it has to do, that whole series, seven, that whole phase, that whole system had to do with the Lord restoring the mind of Christ to the brain. And we found out that the Lord can upgrade the brain through pluripotent stem cells and other things from the mind of Christ. That is way cool. I was like, this is revolutionary. And the Lord's the one that's leading the whole thing because we don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> we're just following him. So Starfield Ashtite and then, then came out Starfighter Dan. It's not easy being a public speaker. You know, I have a lot to compete with. There's so many things that could get people's attention, but I'm glad I have y'all's. I can tell. And uh, I lost my train of thought. Back to Peter Lineker. And um, so Ephesians 6, and it's like, oh, Starfighter Dan, oh, you, you fix the left hand, you fix the right hand, you fix the brain, then you put armor on. That is really cool. And this is the Lord's way of taking the star baby, the star child, and outfitting the star child. And you say, what are you talking about? The Lord has a celestial body. We learned this some weeks ago to integrate with our terrestrial body. So he's built out this celestial body and he's installing it into our terrestrial body. Pretty cool thing, right? I mean, a lot of people in the Marvel and the, their cinematic universe likes this kind of stuff, but the Lord kind of likes it apparently too. He likes to hook his people up with his divine nature. Second Peter chapter 1, I believe it is, that we would be partakers of the divine nature. All right, so back to uh, Mr. Lineker. He said, I'm seeing how these implements are being laid out through the events, and he connects the event, the cue names of the events to the actual implements that are being given in the armor of God. And I read what he wrote, and I thought, that's really fascinating. And I thought, I'm going to look up this coming week's implement because he hadn't mentioned that yet. And so I look up Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Does somebody look that up for me um, and say it out loud? Anybody? Anybody? Ephesians 6, 17, just, and then say it out loud. Yeah, and it says, and put on the helmet of salvation. <laughs> and I was like, 17, uh, this is X2M 1702, by the way. X, uh, Ephesians 6, 17, and put on the helmet. And I was like, right there in the word. I was like, wow. And it was after I'd ordered the helmet. And I said, is that, and I asked the word, am I doing right? Then the Lineker sends it, and I said, there it is. Now, I'm modeling something for you here, right? That sometimes the Lord's going to ask you, okay, all the time. Not sometimes. The Lord will ask you to do things that are sort of different, peculiar, 
may be odd, don't make sense, and will not usually give you intel up front on why. What he's asking you to do is trust him. It's, well, I don't know if it's, is it me, a devil, or is it the Lord? And, you know, I, well, which guy is it? And, you know, that's a valid question to have. And I'll tell you why I didn't want to put the helmet, because I thought showmanship is one side. I, I don't want to show off and take anything away from the Lord. I, I don't want to. The other one, which plagued me more today, and maybe y'all could feel it, it took us a while, is self-conscious awareness of that thing. Also, I couldn't hear hardly at all. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Y'all might know because you're like, why is he yelling? I was like, because I couldn't hear anything. I was like, it's a I was like, this was terrible. It was terrible. And Stephen, you should understand because uh, about sound, how it can mess with you. So it was a real challenge today for that. And I'm trying to unlock from the helmet and lock into the Lord. It took me a long time today. But as you know, we overcame, didn't we? You love the helmet? Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Tell Kara at Wednesday ladies prayer meeting. And uh, ask her if she'll still be your friend when you say that too, you know, because she was so upset, you know. She's really upset last week about the mullet comments. Oh, man, she was upset. And, and Tom, you know, don't you, because he comes to make a joke with her, and Carol was not happy about She's so, so scared I'll try to get another mullet and just is so devastated over it. And I mean devastated, but I think they're great, you know. Fantastic. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up from, uh, from last week, and please um, go and listen to the podcast if you haven't. Um, out of, uh, it's called Quatrain last week, X2M 169. But let's pick up from there. I'm going to pick up, tie up a little bit where we were, and then I'm going to leap us into our experience with the Word. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 33. And... It was last week, it was about 30 minutes before the event. I'm, I lay down my bed, I said, Lord, I have nothing, which isn't anything really new, that I don't have anything. But I was just like, maybe you could share something with me. And so he puts me into 2 Corinthians 11:33, And I, it just kind of peers into my soul, but I was let down. And that particular phrase really just got a hold of me, but I was let down. And I thought, huh, what are you saying? And the Lord's like, I want you to check the context, look at it. And then, so I looked at the context, and I realized what Paul's doing is he's giving a, his discourse on the hardship that he's faced in light of other apostolic guys. There were guys in his day that were preaching uh, the message of, of the Lord supposedly. Uh, he called them the super apostles, and they had, they had their message, and is, is normally like for vanity reasons or... Um, towards God's people motivated by vanity or by fear or they were trying to gain people for their resources or uh, trying to manipulate people for, for things and items or whatever and if they weren't doing what's right and Paul is like juxtaposing himself uh, comparing and contrasting himself to these super apostles because the church uh, in that day the, the uh, Corinthian church is uh, being led astray by all these different voices 
And he's wanting to use a, a proof text kind of thing to say, listen, I want to show you how there's similarities in me and these super apostles, but I want to show you a marked difference in the way they relate to you and what's happened in my life. Now, for this message that I'm proclaiming, I've been shipwrecked, beat, uh, dragged through the mud. I've been uh, abused. I've been hurt. I've been left for dead. And he's claiming, I believe he's setting his claim on his apostolic ministry out of suffering, not out of, you know, come and follow me because I'm the bling bling next thing, you know. But, you know, the whole message in that day is drawing off people away from the philosophy of the gospel. And let me tell you, the gospel is just really simple. I just make it really simple for you. Deborah, D-B-R-A, death, burial, resurrection, ascension. And without one of those, you've got a false gospel. Without, if, with two of them, death and burial, you, you can't just have half of it. You need resurrection and ascension. Uh, Paul will say that. He said, if, if we just preach death, you're people up most miserable. And it's because people say, you know, uh, you know, bring to the cross and this morbid self-introspection and all of this. And he's like, man, I'm worthless. I'll never amount to anything. I'm going to fall apart here. I, I'm dying. And no, there's resurrection life on the other side of this, right? And ascension. And so what you find in Paul's discourse, his fool's discourse that he's laying out about what he's went through is you find this motif of the gospel even in his own life. He's, he's saying, and, I, and this is where we picked up last week in, in uh, 2 Corinthians eleven thirty three, 33, that I was let down, and what we found is that there was a descent, but, and I didn't get as much into this, but now in, in 2 Corinthians 12, and let's move some into that today. Now, I did a little bit last week. Let's, let's go through a few verses here, and then we'll pick up and go on. But So what we're seeing here is there's a descent and then an ascent. So when you're thinking about the gospel, you can think of death and burial as descent, and then you can think about this resurrection and ascension as an ascent. And, um, and again, this is the process uh, or the philosophy of God in relation relating to us. Uh, we have a real-time event today, and some of you probably felt it, where the room was kind of just, it, it wasn't moving, stagnant. You could feel it. We were in a place with the Lord where he was drawing us up to being let down through the wall, through the hole in the wall, to bring us to a place of ascent. And we're experiencing this corporately because the Lord will do this. He wants a corporate expression out of his people. The Lord himself sets the profile of our, um, let's say, what is this thing that we have going on here? Uh, research laboratory. <laughs> um, we're hanging out with the Lord and he set the profile. Holy Spirit's like, let's do this today. Let's uh, dry the whole room out. Let's not let them feel anything real emotional. Let's dry their intellects out, and they'll be like, what is going on? I don't know. Could I get out of here? You know. Mm-mm. Because I'm, I'm wanting to, I'm, I'm going to take this guy, me, and he's going to explain what just happened to them so that they can see how this happens in their normal everyday living. Because I, I want you to understand something about this. And what we found out is not all of life is just a sin. That's for sure. Did you say that, Cindy? No. Oh, Janie did. 
And not all of life is like that. And God is the God of the let down. Just as much as he is of the breakout. Like Sani said last week, you know, there's a breakthrough and there's a breakout. And I really like that. But he's, he's God of both. He's God of the mountain and the valley. And uh, because we're going through things and, you know, we don't want to get into denial. You're going through some stuff. But the Lord wants to be with you in the middle of what you're going through, even if it's like just taking you down into what you feel like is, I can't understand. I don't know what's going on. I don't feel good. This doesn't make sense to me. I, you know, your feelings and your intellect are trying to tell you completely different stories. And let me say this. Another narrative is trying to present onto your, your situation right there. Another narrative is trying to tell you a different framework or story in your descent and get you off track. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a damaged path. It's not the path of light. You, you and I, we must, we must find the Lord in the middle of the letdown. We must some, many times wait on him. When we don't have the information in front of us, we don't understand what's going on. Our, our emotions are not being um, stimulated in a positive way, and neither is our intellect. And the Lord is moving, saying, trust me in the letdown. And this was a major thesis last week because I'm going to bring you into something else and uh, be patient and wait. And so we get into 2 Corinthians 12. He said, Paul says, verse 1, is necessary to go on boasting, though it is not profitable. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. Um. And this is something I really feel like is important to say and talk about because whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. I'm going to try to do this, but this is the second day. Okay, let's say, uh, uh, help me, Lord. This is like the um, after effects of being let down through the window, that you're coming through that. Now, we've made it through. Now, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. And what's going on here because... Again, there's uh, these two components that are uh, trying to make presentation to us. Uh, they, and I'm, I'm going to use some fancy language here, I think, um, just learning this from the Lord. There's something called ontology and phenomenology. Anybody familiar with these words? Oh, good, good, good. We got some familiarity. Ontology, at the basis, the most simplest thing to say, is the science of being. Okay, and phenomenology would be the, the science of abstract phenomenon that's happening around that, uh, your experiences. When you're coming through something like this, like being let down through the wall, coming into the air of new environment that you're not been used to, your being, your ontology, and phenomenology seem to be somewhat, let's say, there's this sort of separation because you're going through like a discernment process. You're trying to, attempting to, and to learn in this how to get a connection between this phenomenological data and what's going on inside of you. Again, like I said earlier, a narrative, and our enemy has one, 
we'll try to present, but then there's this other narrative that's coming from the Lord that is, uh, is also presenting, okay? And so these two narratives are running there, and let's call this the phenomenology. Our ontology, our being is, in some regards, has been accustomed to a narrative that, let's say, has come out of our past or maybe has been through something that we've experienced uh, heretofore, and that narrative is trying to prevail onto our consciousness and tell us to believe it. But then there's this other thing that's going on, the very word of the Lord is, that's been introduced to us, that's brought us through this narrow path or through the hole, the window in the wall, is also uh, presenting And we have a choice, I believe, in which narrative we're going to pick. It's really, this is so crucial. I think the Lord's like, you know, take time with this. It's so crucial because I think some of us can get so stumbled up there. Again, you can have a wonderful, decent experience with the Lord, a, a decent one, and come through something and get on the other side of it and be knocked for a loop. I mean, anybody else know about that? The backlash? Now, notice in 2 Corinthians 12 that it says a thorn of Satan. It says this thorn's going to be presented. Because on the other side of some of your greatest experiences of coming through, the, the word that has been spoken to you comes under this, like, I guess, a test. And one narrative is, and it's it's real information. It's trying to tell you that that thing that's being said to you is not the case. It's not what really is going down. And you have real, you'll usually have empirical data that proves that that is the case. I mean, and again, you can respond to that by agreeing with it or you can say, no. You know, and I I mean, I was experiencing it today and maybe you were in here. I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now, but I'm not going to agree with that we're going to lose this whole event, you know, because that's what's going through my mind. This thing, I, I don't know if we're going to make it, you know, because I'm like, I want to get into an ascent with y'all. I don't want to have some kind of doled out. That was pathetic. You know, I refuse. If you've walked with the Lord long enough, you know that that game tries to play on your consciousness when you've come through something. Now, again, many people don't even, don't even get to the narrow path. They don't even get down to the limiting point uh, of the gospel. They, they backed out way ahead of that. Now, I'm talking to you, though, you the remnant of God. I'm talking to the ones who might, I'll run the edge of like Starfighter Den or Starfighter Friend. You know, I'm pushing in, I'm pushing in, and you get on the other side of it, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I want to suggest to you that what is interesting about the narrative of the Lord, the way he's explained this to me, this is the place of real transfiguration. If you go the other route, you just stay in a circular kind of nonsense and anxiety and resentment and a sense of emptiness. But if you come over to the way of the Lord, there's this transformation that begins to happen. Even today, you know, in the worship set. Uh, we moved through. We got through the narrow spot, and we're coming. We're coming out. We're, uh, Stephen's going to do Micah seven seven times around. We come through, and the Lord's speaking to me up there, and I feel Him like, 
running through, and he's like, take courage, son. Take courage. I said, man, I'm feeling good. Electrical impulse, fire, life of God coming through. He's like, this is the moment where I really move in transfiguration. This is where the interaction comes. Because this information that's on the other side of this is not just intellectual information or just emotion. This key material that's coming is the Lord's divine nature integrated with someone whose eyes are set on him. This is a moment that you don't ever want to miss because this is where the resurrection life is, boom, you know, yeah, you know, that's what I'm talking about, right? And this is where you fly. And I want to tell you, you are permanently changed there. And we don't want to come short. The phenomenological aspect of God's very own nature is uncreated nature. Those communicable attributes of the Godhead are fused into your living being. Oh, and man, he's after this. And you want as many of these experiences as you can have. I asked him years ago, I said, how many? He said, it takes a lot. Just stay with me. Come with me. Eventually, I can take a human body and glorify it. Just come on with me. I was like, all right. Change me, Lord. Change us, Lord. Bring us on through. And he did today. And so, so this ontology now, your being now integrates with the phenomenological aspect of the Godhead that's communicable to your very own nature. It adheres to it while your eyes are just gazing at the glorious one. The other one is I'm gazing at myself or I'm gazing at someone else's self, right? I'm looking at what they should have done or shouldn't do or what I should have done or what I shouldn't have done, right? And the Lord's like, no, look at me, gaze on me. He goes on, he says, I heard things too sacred to put into words. I heard Terry Bennett say this as listening to him. He said that the translation there means that he didn't have a vocabulary to explain what he was experiencing in that place. Yeah. I mean, you might not either. I mean, you can't always, like, explain everything. You know, you come through something like that, and you're just like, um, mm, I mean, what in the world was that? And you, and so there's this tendency that we could get into that we have to be... We have to explain everything, and we have to let someone else know, and they have to understand, or I need some way to understand, but you don't. This is another developmental process of trusting the Lord because eventually the explanation is going to come, and he will. He's always good like that. He's a good teacher, our, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. He, he's awesome. He's, he'll explain things to you, just trust him. And so I, I think what Paul was going through was, Going through this experience, and, and as you know, he's, he's going to have to, on the other side of this, deal with something else and uh, called conceitedness. And this can knock you for a loop, too. And I try to explain this, but as you can imagine, when you get some divine nature just upgraded into your human form, um, you might feel pretty good. And we can turn back and look at ourselves, and not just through our, what we were going through earlier with deprecation and pain. Now we're dealing with, 
I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> yep, it's pretty awesome. Yep, I want everybody else to know it too. And uh, I'm amazing, you know. And, uh, and maybe start to think too highly of ourselves. Then the word's like, introduce the thorn. And then we could confuse that thorn and to deflate us and get the wrong uh, understanding of what's going on there. Because Paul said, you know, a messer of Satan was sent to me to buffet my flesh to keep me from thinking too highly of myself. And, and so there's this necessity there of sort of massaging us and bringing us into a conformity not to think too highly. Again, you get component of like new superhero uh, tactics, abilities, and all these new skill sets, and you might be like, yeah, pretty awesome. This recently happened to me, I, and I like to confess my own sin, because it says if I do, you get healed, but I, I don't know if I was feeling really good about myself. I probably was, because I've was been feeling really good about myself <laughs> lately, and and so um, all of a sudden, I get, like, really bad sick, like, for a week. And I tried not to tell anybody and, you know, just keep it to myself. But I was really sick. I was laid up in the bed for a few days with a respiratory sickness. It, it wasn't COVID, by the way, but it was some kind of respiratory sickness. And I was coming to the end of it, and Karen and I, we went back to the gym, and I was telling her, we got in the car, and I'd done, like, a little slight workout, like their HIT workout instead of CrossFit, I was um, saying to her, I said, you know, it feels so uh, good to be back and uh, feel, feeling better about things. And, um, and then I just cranked the vehicle up and the audio finishes and it finishes my sentence. Is a guy, David Burnett speaking, and he finishes the sentence like this. But a thorn of Satan was sent to me to buffet me, to keep me from being conceited. And Carol looks at me and she's like, <laughs> See? <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, it's just finished my complete sentence. And I said, no, Lord, really? And he said, I'm doing this to keep you from being conceited. I said, oh man, I, I didn't know I was going down that road, even though I was feeling really good about myself. And so I say that because the Lord, and this is so crucial. The Lord knows how to bring us and keep us in a place of humility. Now, you might say, well, why is that important? Or maybe you would say, that's important to me. Here's the point. Because sometimes we feel like, um, well, I'm going to shy back from what the Lord's saying in my life because I don't want to be conceited. You know, I'm not going to come out with what he's doing because I'm concerned I'm going to be a show-off or do something like that. And maybe you don't deal with that. I've dealt with that most of my life. And, but it, what it does is it can keep you from moving in the ways of the Lord because you become so self-conscious that you never step out and say, no, the, what, yeah, that's what the Lord, I'm going for it. And here's why that's important because the you that is you needs to come forward. The you of Christ in you's got to activate, right? The the cue for today is cooperator. The Lord wants cooperation. He's not wanting you to saddle back. 
He would rather you jump out there with what he's revealing to you, and if you, you know, do like that, like I do a lot, and you get knocked around a little bit, get back up and get going. Get back, get back on your horse and ride the thing. Because we've worried so much about our, and it's really false humility, which is still pride. We've worried so much about someone else's thought of us or my own thought of my past of me because I knew what I was and you know what you were before the Lord got a hold of you and you're concerned that person's going to regenerate <laughs> and uh, take over. And the Lord's like, no, what's going on right now is my Christ's nature, my divine nature is integrating with you and I'm ready for you to activate. Uh, he, he told me that this is what this helmet will cause. It's going to cause an activation. I said, okay, because he says, because you're going to believe me, it's going to transmit, and people are going to watch you bumble, bumble around and stuff because that's what leadership is, and they're going to be like, well, I'm going to trust him too, and uh, I'm going to come out with whatever he's doing in me, and I'm moving on it, and I'll let him deal with the thorn if I need one. Because if he needs to deal with it, our father apparently knows exactly what he's doing and he can deal with it. And he knows, it's, and he's kind in it too. He's not mean or rude or whatever. He knows how to keep us. What is that, Psalms 122? The Lord is my keeper. Stephen said that to me a lot this last year. Is, the Lord is my keeper. You know, the Lord's the one that keeps me. The Lord's the one that's governing me. The Lord's the one that's taking me running this uh, new me, the new you, the new you that you are. And so now we have the methodology of, of this. And, and so we come through. And so in the beholding of the Lord, we're, we're um, seeing him and, and uh, becoming like him. This was the idea of the beatific vision. Because what, what you behold, you become. And when we, we behold his face and when we behold the glory of the Lord and we meditate on him and we, we contemplate God, we become like him. And we're not God, but his divine attributes are communicated through and into us and we're transformed, trans, transfigured um, by him. And it's what happened to Tom Gross very similarly in the embracing of redemption, the silver. And being called up, now this communication of the, of the Godhead comes forward. And in this way, the you that is you, and uh, Gus Vickery and I was talking about this this weekend, can you trust the new you that is you? The you of Christ in you. Can you trust the work that he's done in you? And then if you can, can you go ahead and activate, uh, cooperate? Can you cooperate with him and move with him and let him have his full way with you? Well, I, don't, I don't have the words, Moses said. He says the Lord got angry with him. I'll, I'll give you the words. I don't have the means. The Lord will take care of your means. I don't have the ability. So what? The Lord will give you ability. You know, stop setting everything back on what you can do, but just step out and uh, trust him. Trust him.
Now let's just... Um, Take a deep breath. We have partook and we are partakers. You and I will continually to partake of the very nature of God for eternity. There's no end in him. He's unlimited. And yet he's fashioned all things according to his own providential will and purpose. There's no arrival so that we could be prideful. So let's remove this kind of thought process off of our mind that's telling us in some way that we've arrived and let's interact with an uncreated God into realms and experiences that we have never seen or could understand or feel or really know and let's open ourselves up to a phenomenal future. One in which he's designed and that we're getting on board with. The Lord said this to me recently on the stage when I, he was telling me, you're going to go to Kansas City, you're going to go see Lou Engel, you're going to do these things. I, I said, man, I, don't, I can't do that. And he said, I'm not asking you to do anything. All I'm asking you to do is agree with me. And ladies and gentlemen, that's all the Lord's asking for you is agreement. He's not asking you to provide for it what he's asking of you. He's not asking for you to make it happen with your own ability or He's so like this that he will put everything in front of you that you need. He'll bring it to you. You don't even have to go grasp for it. You can rest in faith trusting him in the process with the ontological you, him integrated in you. If you can kind of get this picture, Paul's going to get in. He calls it the mystery. This is what I believe he heard in 2 Corinthians 12. He was like, he saw the mystery that the Lord wanted to put his nature into Jew and Gentile all over the earth. And he was just looking for vessels everywhere that he could completely like give his whole self to if they would just let him. And he said, I long for this big corporate family that looks like you, my son. I, I want his family and um, I'm really into it. I want full integration with them, but I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not, because I'm characterized by love, I can't force them to do it, and I'm not going to manipulate them because it's, I won't impose my will, and I won't manipulate people. So how am I going to ever get to them? I'm such a lover that many times I come near to someone with my love, and because they're not loving, they all run away from me because I'm the lover. They get confused when I come near because it exposes their sin and then they look at their self and they want to run away from me because of their sin when they should just run to me and I'll forgive them. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful way of him. I mean, very touching that a God so loving would come so near, expose us to ourself. We don't like the ugliness of it. He says, just turn, child, turn to me and I'll heal you. I mean, it's a beautiful God. 
lovely, lovely God we serve. We get confused and we run away and we say, he don't like me anymore or I upset him or I made him mad. And he's like, no, 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 don't run. I just came near and you don't look exactly like me. You thought you did, but you don't. But it's okay. And then it's going to be okay. Let me love on you right here. And maybe if you just wrap your arms around yourself, give yourself a big hug. You know, go ahead. Everybody, hug yourself. Oh, man, it feels so good. I just love myself. I love who God made me to be. Oh, I'm feeling good. All right, let's stand together. All right, I've had a good time. Okay, get that mic up there. Because I, yeah, you have to. Because we can't hear you and we gotta hear you. Just Just take it, you can can take it out. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks. Well, um, come up my, here. My, Stand right here. <laughs> so right there. Get on the camera. No, I'm not. No, get up there. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is not my story. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> my youngest daughter turned 16 this week, and a friend of mine said, "Let's go skiing." And I went, "Oh no!" Like that's like I, I take it. Uh, you know, I. Those things, I enjoy them, but they're like, they have a lot of fear in them because I'm over 50 and it's like dangerous. And so I thought, well, I'm gonna do it. I'm still trying to connect to my daughter, you know, in these ways. So I said, we'll go. And we went and um, I mean, we started on the bunny slope. We made it through the greens and my whole inside, I didn't realize it, but I was, um, everything in me was just working to not fall. You know, I'm going, I'm, take, I'm being very conservative, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm starting to really enjoy it at this point. And we pushed beyond the green and went up to a challenging blue. And I went down it and I'm still reserved. But I'm, I made it all the way down without falling. Each time I'm like, I didn't fall. And then I went down once and it was really challenging. It was slippery and icy and, and it was very narrow. We had to like turn real fast. And I lost control and I just, flew on, I mean, I, I went down, I lost my poles, and, but I was so free, it was so freeing to fall. It was amazing, because what I was so scared of, I finally did it, and then, and then I was like really enjoying it after that, so I just feel like it, you kind of get, you. it was that feeling of like I was trying to resist the falling, and once I did, it was like I experienced much better skiing after. So I, it was, and then I just, it was such an enjoyable day. I couldn't believe I liked it so much. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was thinking this might be my last ski trip, but I really. You're you know, on to something now. Yeah, it was You're good. You're going to be like a skier. I don't know about You want to borrow my helmet? <laughs> I might be. I was wearing one. I was <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't care what I look like. I am wearing a helmet. <laughs> All right. Bigger. All right. Thank you. All right. So, um, come for communion then we're gonna do something very different and then everybody come in here and get on this uh, starfield astro site but uh and then we'll take communion together on this 
Yeah, let's just, just do something different. I just came to my mind. All right. You can come. We're all going to stand here together. Because your love is better than life. Oh, God, my God. Because your love yes. is better than life. That's My lips will glorify you all of my days. As long as I live, I sing your
this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
my lamp is shining bright with oil to last the night. And this passion, it is a fire and it burns with pure desire. Come for me, cause he'd know when I'm ready. And I sleep, but my heart's awake. Oh, he's coming soon, I pray. Oh, and Lord, make us ready now. Lord, make us ready now. Lord, make us ready now. Oh, behold, my bridegroom comes. Oh, Lord, make us ready now. Make us ready now. Clean us up now. this bride make us ready now make us ready now for behold our bridegroom comes oh for behold our bridegroom comes oh for behold behold Yeah. 